0: Hey. Hi. You made it. We made it. This is a podcast. My voice is on a podcast. This is real. I've been recorded and this will last forever and ever and ever. Uh, We've documented this moment and this time and I'm really excited to be here. Um, However you got here, whatever links you clicked, whatever you did, whatever tweet you saw, we appreciate you being here. Uh, This is episode number one of Here For Now and I'm Nate DeRoe. And on the other side of the glass from me is uh, our producer, Tyler Floyd. Hi. Hi, Tyler. In uh, Eureka Studios, which is... Uh, Eureka Records. Eureka Records. That's fine. That's all right. <laughs> it's your new studio here in Southgate, right? Uh, dot. Uh, I don't know. All this downriver stuff. You just get on these roads and you drive forever and uh, Google Maps loses its goddamn mind. <laughs> I don't yep. know if you've ever noticed on Fort, it's just like... Stay straight on Fourth Street. Stay, stay veer left. Stay straight on Fourth Street. It's like it go li- home. <laughs> right. Right. So, uh we're here and we did it and we're really excited. It took us a long time to name this thing. And here for now, uh hopefully will will resonate as we start to tell some of these stories, but the thing that I did get right away is kind of this tagline, this thought of like this is uh origin stories of my creative superhero friends and like I said, my name's Nate DeRoe. I'm a, uh, a concert promoter. I work for a company called Audio Tree Presents. I've been presenting shows in Michigan here for the last, oh God, like 15 years. And uh, in that time, I've met an extreme quantity of very, very talented, passionate people. And I've heard their stories. And the stories come out on stage in the form of a, a performance a band or a solo musician playing a show, but there's so many of these cool conversations that are a little bit longer winded, they they dig a little deeper that happen behind the scenes in the green room, and it just this made sense to me. This was something that as podcasts have kind of exploded in the last 5 years and you listen to Mark Marin, or you listen to uh any of the the cool like storytelling podcasts out there, or even um on Netflix, David Letterman's new show where he sits down with Barack Obama or whoever I know Tyler now as like other side of the glass studio guy, but also as like a performing member of his band Parkway in columbia, and we'll we'll dig into that a little later on. Um, But I know him by what he does, and the theme of this thing is to go from knowing what you do to knowing who you are and kind of digging a little deeper. So I'm excited. We've got seven of these bad boys lined up. Uh, We recorded some interviews with seven really, really talented people from here in the Midwest. We're based here in Michigan, Michigan. We really kind of dug into people who have kind of this alternative lifestyle and a story to tell, something to say, and like this, uh, this passion for, for people and for community. And I can't wait for this first, we're, we're going to call them Seasons, this group of seven that we're going to put out into the world. Uh, I, can't, I can't wait for you to hear their stories. This first episode is with a Lansing hip-hop artist, community organizer um festival creator and founder of a of a hip-hop academy his name's is ose moore and he's one of the most impressive like when you meet him for the first time that first impression is just so awesome with ose he's so friendly and so warm and so accepting and, and you feel like you you know him as well as you might know somebody who's kind of like a family member or a uh, you know, it. this thing is not about this thing, this podcast thing that we're doing. I'm not here trying to like, you know, talk about accomplishments and plaques on the wall. I just want to talk about like stories and family and connection and community and all those things. So um, we've got seven little episodes lined up. They're, they're kind of long winded. Uh, I tend to ramble as, <laughs> as, we're, as we're seeing right now. Tyler gives me looks sometimes like, dude, wrap it up. But like. It's a podcast. There's no rules, per se. The only rule is to hope that you listen all the way through to the end and that we don't lose you. And I think that these stories um, of these really, really cool people, they're going to keep your attention, and I can't, I can't wait to put them out into the world. I'm very stoked that you're here. We found you. You found us. Let's hang out for a little bit. Um, real quick, the business side of things. Uh, we would love to hear from you on the stories that we tell. Maybe there's somebody out there that you might want to connect with one of these folks to assist in what they do or get involved in their community. Um, That would be amazing if we were to like patch together somebody like Jose with somebody somewhere else that wants to do the things that Jose does. Um, So we want to do that, but we also would love to hear from you on like who else we should interview. Um, we're going to kind of be Midwest-focused for a while. We're only going to do this face-to-face. We do not do these inter- interviews over the phone, so I'm not going to be just like calling up somebody in California and trying to... I think this conversation um, piece that we do is, is way more valuable and way more... Uh, the connection is stronger when I can read body language and I can look in the person's eyes and I can see how they respond to certain things and also just the logistics of phone podcasts, man. Sometimes, whew, <laughs> I don't even, I can't even imagine. Um, but yeah, just, uh, we're going to do this face-to-face. So if there's somebody that you think makes sense for us to get on the show, let's do that too. Um, you can email us, pod at gmail.com. You can subscribe um, from anywhere you listen to podcasts. Or most anywhere. We're we're gonna be most places. Uh for Now Podcast dot com. Or you can hit us up on social media at HereForNowPod. Now Pod. Twitter, Facebook. And one of these days, Instagram's gonna unlock our account. We can <laughs> do Instagram too, but at HereForNowPod. Now Pod. I think that covers the business side. I'm so excited. I hope you enjoy what Ose Moore has to say. And uh we're just gonna let let the interview roll and then uh I'll wrap it up at the end and and episode 1 will be in the books. We've been talking about Star Wars lately and this whole episode 1 thing it's totally sticking <laughs> in my head but um this is here for now we, the y- Phantom Menace <laughs> right 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 um, anyway thanks for being here. Here's my interview with Ozzie Moore. I was talking to Dan Nunez downstairs, who, you know, does the pottery, Uh uh, which his sign is so dope. I don't know if you saw his new sign on the outside of the building. It's so sick. No, yeah, just saw it pulling up today he was talking about how it's been like two months now or a month of just honking all day long. Yeah. Cause the UAW guys are out there just yeah. chilling and, and well not chilling, they are chilling, but you know, making a point and yeah. Tyler's like, are they honking at them? Cause they're mad at them or are they honking at them in support. I said, I'm pretty sure one of them has a sign like honk. If you support the, you know, UAW, but yeah, um, I figured it'd just kind of roll into what we were doing today. Yeah, it's pretty it makes, funny.
1: Makes a podcast sound like we're in New York. City <laughs> Right. Right. Someplace. It's yeah. like, what's all this, all this uh, aggravation outside. Yeah.
0: So, uh, it's, it's weird. Like in my head, I can just feel like production elements like that. I'm like, Oh, I'm going to do that. But -hmm. it's really weird to be doing this first and not like, you know, I I would think of it like when I did the radio show that I did, it was like, we had all the production elements and then they'd press them and then be like three. And you know, all those kind of things. So I'm just like, we'll build that in later, I guess. We'll work backwards. Jose Moore. Yes, sir. I asked you to send me what you would define yourself as when you introduce yourself. And it's Mm -hmm. funny because I mostly see you as Jose Moore, the hip hop artist, Mm -hmm. um, community organizer. Mm -hmm. You sent me founder and executive director for all of the above hip hop academy Co-founder and and co-director of Below the Stacks Mural Festival, but it didn't say anything about hip-hop artists.
1: Yeah, man. So
0: (laughs) I think the exciting thing for me um, in all of this is, like, I want to take this this podcast idea, and I want to go from, like, knowing what you do Mm -hmm. to knowing who you are. Right, right, right. You know, and, like, we've hung out, like, a little bit here and there at shows and things like that when you're in your element or I'm in my element or whatever, and I have so many relationships. I mean, Tyler's one of them, too, that, like, I know who he is, Mm -hmm. like, as what it turns into on stage, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but what I don't know is anything else, you know what I mean? It's, like, we know who we are when we're, like, when the lights are on and everything. Mm -hmm. So, um, I'm really excited dude, that. You're the first one to sit down with me because you are somebody who I'm very curious to know, like how you got to be you right. and how you got where you're going. So I want to start by just asking a really simple question mm-hmm. and, and hearing, hearing how you handle it. I want you to describe where you are right now.
1: Where I am right now. Well, I'm here, you know, and I'm trying to do that better. You know what I mean okay I think it's a it's a it's a process of self actualization where you don't compartmentalize yourself so much you know what I mean there's who I am and there's what I do and at one point in time uh you know they they were one and the same, but not in a healthy way. you know what I'm saying yeah like, yeah you know, where I would always refer to myself as Oze. now yeah. now or Othello at one point in yeah, time yeah. and so now. I mean, I only keep the moniker because that's what people know me by. And if sure, I hit them sure. with Tyson Pumphrey, you know, yeah. my, my government name, they're usually cut off. I looked, right? I looked that up. I,
0: uh, <laughs> I, I did some reading last night and I was I was just trying to get, you know, a few angles on questions. I was like, oh, dang, there's his real name. I wonder if he's going to bring it up or I wonder if I'm allowed to say it. There you go. But, dude, like, Tyson Pumphrey is a pretty rad rap name, too, <laughs> in and of
1: itself. I love Jose Moore and I love what it
0: stands for. But,.
1: But yeah. It's too personal. It's too, per- you know, in 2019 where people don't have like these ridiculous monikers, like, well, I guess they still have them, but it's more popular for people to like keep the real government name and go yeah. by that. But there has been, there has been, um, I, I guess I protected my personal life in yeah. a way of trying to find the balance of being who I am all the time on and off stage in the community with kids, with, with my peers, with, you know, um, different folks. But also protect that personal life, you know yes, what I'm saying? Because yeah. when I go home, you know, all that doesn't really matter. Right, you know, it's right. like, I'm dad, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm partner to my yeah, wife, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm friend, I'm nep- nephew, uncle, grandson, you know, I'm all of these different things. And, and, you know, trying to keep space between the things that are, that could tend to be pretentious or superficial. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. just like trying to be here all the time. So he's trying to
0: protect it all, and here I am having a podcast where we're going to let this all out in no, the I'm world. I'm, <laughs> No, I'm down. No, the
1: thing about it is I'm down to talk about it all because I right, think it, right. it adds clarity as to to why. You
0: well, know? And it's different when you're in. I don't know how old you are, but uh, you know, I think we're probably in a similar age group when you started rolling out that you've been doing this for 20 years. I was like, oh, all right, well, cool. Um, I think we're in the similar part in our life where we're like, kind of comfortable with the two things coexisting because yeah. it's the same thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The reason I ask like where you are, uh I think that's gonna settle into being kind of what this thing is about a little bit because yeah. you could also answer that question and to just say like we're at 1101 and a half South Washington in mm-hmm. Rio Town, mm-hmm. in Lansing. Mm-hmm. The walls are green when, you know, describe where you are. We're sitting yeah, yeah, yeah. at a conference room table uh, in a, in an office that's uh, abandoned at the moment. And that could also be the answer to where you are. You could say geographically, we're in Lansing and, you know, right outside the the honks you hear as people mm-hmm. drive by or there's a group of UAW uh, folks out there, uh, you know, uh, picketing mm-hmm. That's all the, I mean, it's all the right answer and it's all, right. it's all part of it. So to, to t- have you take it to like where you are in life immediately just kind of shows like kind of the type of person that you are, you, you kind of see the big picture and, and I can't wait to like kind of needle it down to figure out how you got there. Cause that's yeah. what draws me to you. That's yeah, what yeah. draws people to you is like yeah. your ability to um, kind of look at the, the big picture and kind of bring people in like, yo, I know you're kind of on the outside looking in, but come in here with us. It ain't that, it ain't that scary. There ain't, right. there, there isn't that much to it. Absolutely. You know? It's just like, come join us and let's talk about it. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, I, I think that, like I said, in this business, I, I book a lot of shows mm-hmm. and I work with a lot of artists and I know what's in their bio and I know what comes out on stage. And, you know, you have those moments in between songs where you have a chance to like connect a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, personally. hmm But this is the stuff that I like about 2019. There's a lot I don't like about 2019. You Mm -hmm. know, the stuff that we don't want to talk about too much, like the the scary politics stuff and the fact that like something happens and we know about it, whether we know the facts or just what people are making up, like immediately we all get to make these like snap decisions on everything. But like the other thing that we can do is get deep, you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like really dig into subjects and thought patterns and, and you know, emotions and personal. And like, everybody's ready to just like, yo, dude, I 10 years ago or 20 years ago, or me when I was a teenager, like I was afraid to talk about anything. Uh I was just like this. And now it's like, we all just want to go. We just want to talk. So tell me what landed you, uh, where you are right now in this chair, in this abandoned office with the green walls and the cool yellow light fixtures. Give me the abridged version of what got you up these stairs and landed you at your age being a community organizer, being a festival organizer, being a a CEO or CEO, that sounds so hip hop. Oh, yeah, executive so Dis- <laughs> 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 executive <laughs> director of a hip hop academy <laughs> and also a hip hop performing artist. Like what 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 led here? What what's what was what was little Jose's life? Lil Tyson's life. Lil, Ty, like, Lil Tyson. Lil yeah, T. Yeah. I was,
1: once I went by. And oh yeah. First started. started rapping. It was Lil T, man. Dude. Yeah. Lil T. L. I. L.
0: T. So you were. So all these was, Lil Lil Mosies <laughs> and Lil Lil Pumps
1: and stuff. You were the first one, man, right? Man, I did it first before before I was grown <laughs> calling myself Lil. Dude. I was actually Lil. I now mean, I was yeah, talking yeah. rapping about family reunions and school and Dude, stuff like that. they rules. They're rules. Uh, no, but so. <clears throat> Kind of grew up in a, I grew up in a household. My dad, but both real old school parents, you know, a hustler and a hippie. You know, mom was a hippie, okay. Pop was a hustler. Um, both really hardworking. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. As <laughs> I guess you wouldn't, you wouldn't like associate a hippie with super hardworking, but she was. I mean, I grew up in a pretty free thinking atmosphere where both with both parents uh, worked super hard. You know. Um, now, when we get when I came through high school, they ended up separating you know, they, their philosophy was we're going to be there for these boys, you know. And you know, as they were growing apart in sure, their in sure. their relationship, they were like, "Well, we're going to stick around for these guys, and then yeah. when they're gone, then we'll part ways." And How about you say, boys? Yeah, I got a brother. Okay, I me got a too. younger brother. Yeah, me yeah.
0: too, younger brother, yeah. three three and a half years
1: younger. Yeah, we're like eighteen months. <laughs> oh, right on, right on. <laughs> you know, but um, but you know, so so I, my dad was a uh, he was a. Uh, he was a choreographer for the Paramount Theater in Seattle, so I kind of grew up as a as a theater brat, you know. Yo,
0: Paramount is that like? Is there like a a big Nirvana thing that happened there? Is that a mm-hmm. like a big Nirvana like you know recording
1: what? that's out there or something? Or they played the Paramount? I'm not 100 percent sure. I'm not 100 percent sure. I'm I should know that. that being yeah. from Seattle, but, mean, you, know, you know, I mean,
0: <laughs> I'm a 40 year old white dude. I'm going to talk about Soundgarden and Nirvana. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't matter who's sitting across from me. Yeah, that's man. all I really, you know. I've been on this kick lately, dude, of, like, uh, I always thought cassette tapes were were lame. Mm -hmm. And then I put my hands on, like, this little collection at this new record shop up in Flint. Mm -hmm. And it was, like, nostalgia came blasting Mm -hmm. back. So I've been spending, like, every night just, like, looking for tapes on, Mm -hmm. like, Facebook Marketplace and shit. Like the old Nirvana and Stone Temple Pilots and Alice in Chains and Soundgarden, like, that was what I, like, Grew up on, so like I've got a real connection to Seattle just in the last couple days, yeah, like, just, just like every night. Just like, and I haven't pulled the trigger to do anything yet <laughs> because I know that if I do, it's gonna be like a thousand dollars that yeah. I gotta explain to my wife, like, yeah. sorry, I just buy yeah. all these tapes, yeah. So, <laughs>
1: uh, anyway, your dad worked at the Paramount Theater yeah. in Seattle, he used to run around the Paramount, you know, looking for ghosts, you know, yeah. half all, most of the lights were off in the hours we were there, right? You know, uh, rehearsals for the event happening that weekend, you know. So Ben Vereen or Tammy Terrell, you know, like you name it. Earth Wind and Fire. Folks come to yeah, see, to the, to the yeah. Paramount. My dad was uh, part of making sure the show went together without a, you know, without a hitch. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, or without an issue. Um, and so we spent a lot of time there, you know, just listening to band rehearsal, listening to music, being exposed to a lot of music, kind of absorbing music while we're doing whatever else we're doing, driving around with my pops, listening to the old Motown. The funny thing is like, I end up moving to Michigan right. and like Motown was my household. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Like yeah. everything Motown. My dad, he would do these tribute to Motown shows, the Ernest Pumphrey review. And it'd be like a dinner show with all costume right. changes and all of that. You know what I'm saying? So like, does that mean I need to move to Seattle? Is that what you're telling me? So like, or like yeah. it's in my
0: future, maybe? Yeah, you you know? Maybe, yeah. I mean, if that's, It know. might. That, hey, <laughs>
1: gravitation, you know, yeah, laws right. of attraction. Right, right, you know, right. But the funny thing is my dad had never visited Motown until like last year. He came out oh, and we took him to the spot. He took his old picture and kept it moving. Yeah. You know, but it was like, I thought to me, it was like, this is the apex. We're right here, Like dad. the museum. You made it, the Mecca. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. You guys didn't even go in? They didn't even go in. I oh, just took just, his picture <laughs> and kept it moving. That's my dad, you know. He was like, All right, there we go. I've been here. You know. But uh That's But you know, I got I got a karaoke machine like I think in third grade and that kinda like got me obsessed with like putting my voice on tape, you yeah, know, yeah. And, and like exploring what it was to hear myself speak about things that were important to me in rap form, you know? Nice. Um, so in third grade, talking about third grade stuff, you yeah, know, and yeah. then I was like, well, what if I just lie and talk about stabbing and shooting and robbing people? <laughs> so I did that for a minute, yeah, you know, I wasn't yeah. doing none of that, but I, but on record I could do it. It was, right. just, I could do whatever I want in my room with right. my little Radio Shack mic and my karaoke box. You know, um, got to selling those at school. You know, yeah. I had, friend, I, so I'd go to, like, Sam Goody or, like, The Warehouse. <laughs> Remember yeah. these places? Yeah, yeah. And I'd buy cassette singles and I'd buy blank tapes. I figured out pretty early that if I, if I buy a pack of 10 blank tapes and I buy, like, I can probably invest, like, 20 bucks. Yeah. And then turn and flip that at school, you know, so I... Five bucks a piece or something. Exactly. Yeah, it's 50 bucks, man. Right, real quick, right? And yeah. so I would take the instrumental and put it on the A side or the B side and put the the blank tape on the one side, push record and play and just rap. And just you know go. what I'm saying? Yeah. And then i do my overdubs with another blank tape. Yeah. You know, so I had one tape that was kind of like the master tape, then the other tape where I could do background vocals. See, on. and that's where, like, dude, this, like... <sighs>
0: I know it's going to sound funny, but like I'm watching the Wu-Tang yeah. thing on Hulu right now. Are you familiar? There's yeah, like a yeah. new Wu-Tang yeah, show and you had to think about things back then. Now you can just like look it up and see how somebody else did it, mm-hmm. you know, but you like had the ingenuity as a third grader and, mm-hmm. and beyond to like
1: figure that out in your own. Yeah, because I'm now, listening to Busta Rhymes. I'm like, how is he talking over himself? Like, it's like a million Busta Rhymes on this one song, right. Yeah. You know, that's I'm like, now I'm trying to figure out how to do that. Right. You know, right. Right. <laughs> right. And it's
0: like, you know, now we all the studio equipment and everything yeah, else. And everybody yeah. like has a paved path to do the yeah. thing that they want to do. Yeah. There's very few things that are like truly innovative, but, but before we had the entire history of the world's music and the internet uh, yeah. in our
1: pocket at all times, like right. you had to figure this shit you out, had to figure it out. And I think and, that's why older heads, like my generation, has had a really hard time with the accessibility of today. Yeah. You know, because it feels like people aren't paying their dues. Right. Which was so, like, important, you know, as yeah. a, as an emerging artist or somebody who wanted to be on stage or wanted to even drop a record. Yeah. one I remember at one point in time to have a CD was everything. And then from having a CD, to have my... To have my work on vinyl is everything. Dude, yeah. And yeah, then yeah. it was like, okay, to go on tour, would be everything. And you you kind of hit these mile markers. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, dang, okay, now what else is next? I guess I just got to sustain this. And right. that's where it got tricky. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> um, it's funny because, you know, you're talking about your music background yeah. and how that's what you spent your, like, free time doing. Mm-hmm. I collected baseball cards and hockey yep. cards and football cards. But, like, it wasn't just about collecting the cards. Like, I took the math and the organizational part of it. And that's where this brain fires when I like make spreadsheets and I organize concerts and get people in the same room and all that, that was all born out of me just sitting for hours and hours in my room. Like, like sorting out cards by team and then <laughs> by like who hit the most home runs and that you know and it was like I, I it was never about like what they were worth mm-hmm. like when we were teenagers like all the the dollar signs started going off like oh shit this I could trade these
1: right cards right for 50 right
0: months. and I don't know if you've seen that it's <laughs> funny we go back to documentaries on <laughs> Netflix which is what we're railing against right now right is like. The fact that everything's accessible but there's a documentary about baseball cards in that era in the 80s 90s era where like it blew up and it went from like they only made so many to that at that point that ken griffey jr rookie card they (laughs) mass-produced just that card because they saw the value yeah and there was this moment which i which we all distrust all the moments that happen now we're like no this ain't real there's like why is this ken griffey jr rookie card so popular, but everybody's talking about it. And now everybody's got one. And then they found out that upper deck was printing sheets of just that card, Uh. And there was that boom, that moment where it was worth a bunch of money, but it was also super available, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And like, but it was in that era where there wasn't Twitter where some employee wasn't just like, Hey, uh, by the way, just want to let you know, our CEO is doing this. Right. And it would be outed in like a day and that'd be the end of it. But back then, like, that could go for two years, you yeah. know, where, like, dealers are in. And, it, and like, all the, the big baseball card dealers were in on it. Mm-hmm. They're just like, yeah, just send us a box of those Griffey cards, and I'll mm-hmm. make it look like it's the only one I've got. Right. And as soon as Oze <laughs> walks out with that with that Griffey rookie, I'm going to pop another one in its place, yeah. and I got a whole box of them right here. <laughs> After i laminated and yeah, put in right. the hard plastic, right. you're like, yo, yeah. yes. yo, I got this one rare yeah. card. And it's like, I moved 600 of those this week. And exactly. Like, you know, and that was... Uh, you know, you look at cassettes and you look at CDs and all that kind of stuff, and now it's just like you put a record out in a space, and mm-hmm. and it's just like, all right, now what does it do? Like exactly. I was just
1: talking to somebody the other day, and he was like, "Yo, man, I don't know how to get my music out. I'm sitting on all this material, and I'm like, bro, just start putting it out, man. Nobody like sits and listens to whole albums like that anymore. And that's yeah, that's yeah. tough for me to say as somebody who appreciates vinyl and tapes and most." of what I appreciate about tape and vinyl is that you had to sit down and listen to it. Right, I mean, unless right. you wanted to get up and do the work of moving the needle or, you know, getting up and Flip pushing the tape yeah, right? or like You know, yeah. people made albums, you know, in bodies of work that you were supposed to sit down and listen to from beginning sure. to end, from, outro to, from intro to outro, you know? Right,
0: and, and when you talk about intros and outros and skits and all mm-hmm. those things that are built into the middle that you'd, like, fast-forward through, yeah. or yeah. there'd be the secret track at the end you have to fast-forward through, like, seven minutes of... Mm-hmm. of static and then you'd go too far you'd hear it and then you'd have to rewind like now we just it like i was on uh spotify the other day and it was one of those uh like green day or stone temple pilots or something that had like the secret track which Mm -hmm. was like the big thing in like 91 92 you had that (laughs) secret track and uh uh it was just on there, but there was no work to get to it. It was right. just like skipping to the next song. Yeah. And I was like it was like secret track. And I'm like, well it's not secret anymore, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. Like, don't put that on Spotify like it's secret. It it's has just its number own twelve. Line item. It's right, like, right. Yeah, it's right. You didn't have to
1: work to fast forward. So <laughs> Yeah, man. Different time. Different so you
0: grew up in Seattle yeah. and what and now you're here. Yeah. So we got a lot of uh, ground to cover. Yeah, to that. yeah. I know you wanted the the consolidated,
1: condensed yeah. version, but, but yeah. I went
0: rambling about baseball. No, it's all good. It's all part thing. of
1: it, man. You well, know, I, yeah. I had had a few. Yeah, issues, yeah, and, yeah. No. Um, so you know, I go through high school. I'm selling these tapes. You know, falling more and more in love with the creative process of making music and finding DJs, meeting DJs, meeting beat makers, and yeah. forming little groups and crews and stuff like that. Starting to do a little bit of shows here and there. And then I'm about to graduate, and I'm like, "Well, what do I want to do?" You know. And I had the opportunity to go on tour at 18. It was Seattle, Washington to Pompano Beach, Florida, yeah. and we pretty much drove straight through. Me and this guy, his name was MG the Visionary, MC out of Seattle, Washington, and uh, he was I was I was uh, doing hype man stuff for him. So I was like. Spliff Star to Busta or whatever, you know. Yeah, I was like just yeah. the backup guy, uh-huh. you know. Um, but getting all this experience, you know, seeing what it's like to be on road on the road, you know, from a van to a tour bus to a car to hotels to couches, right? Yeah. To <laughs> not <barns>. couches, <laughs> yeah. To this floor <laughs> right. right here, exactly. Gymnasium <laughs> floors yep. and all of that. So I've yeah, experienced yeah. touring in all these different capacities. Yeah. Um, but so that first one was was pretty nice. So you're you know? 18. I'm 18. I'm what tri- year is this? This is 2000. OK, it's 2000, cool. you know, and um, we left for the road, came back November just before 2001. And I discovered what I was going to do for the rest of my life. And at yeah. that point in time, I was like, this is I got to figure it out. This is what's happening. <laughs> right, there's right. no need to go to college, bypass college, all of that. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm just doing this. You know, um, what was hype in 2000 and hip hop? I'm trying to think. Uh for me, so right okay, just a little so what I was into, yeah. The CDs I bought right before we left on tour, I think was Black Peas second album, Bridging the Gap. There was a Jurassic Five album, a Bahamadia album, a Black Alicious album, and a I wasn't independent hip hop so at the time. Uh and there was a dilated peoples album. And I bought all of those right before it went on the road. Yeah. And I was listening to all of that. Yeah. You know, um in terms of what was on the radio, at that point I was off the grid. Yeah. Like I was I don't know what was happening. Sure. It was probably like Nelly or something. Yeah. yeah I right. remember some beat between Karis one and Nelly and he had punched them or something <laughs> right, crazy like right, that. Yeah. Juvenile, Lil Wayne was popping. Yeah. But I was I was it was not even on my radar at all. You right, know? Right. Um at that point, Black Star, you know uh, to live Kweli, that's kind of what I was into I at know, that yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so anyway, you know, I go on the road. I did not go to college. I did that for like, you know, 10 years and then decided, you know, I, I had a family. I started my family in 06 when I moved to Lansing. Yeah. And at that point in time, that's when I, we first met around that time yeah. 06, 07, 08. Yeah. You know, um, doing shows, a lot of shows here, kind of getting out of the state and out of the country a bit still. Yeah. But as my family started growing, the needs were different. And all of a sudden That you know That 18 year old in me That was like I'm just gonna rap forever And never had An answer to And then what Or what right, next right. Never had an answer Because it was like this, I'll just do like Dr. Dre Or you know Start producing sure. people Right Because we can quite, all Just do that right Yeah I'm just gonna yeah, do that That's yeah. easy I'll make beats And then I'll produce people And I'll kind of Easily transition To the next phase Of my musical career Where I'm just behind the scenes And I'm making good money And I'm just yeah. letting The next generation So was it Othello From that point Like yeah. when you were 18 It was Othello then. Othello 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 And okay. then at that point. Where I was like, you know, I need to kind of reconsider where music sits in my life. It can't be sure. first and foremost everything. Yeah, that's at the point where I changed my name. Yeah, that's, I think that's where I where I think it was maybe 2012 where I shifted to Jose Moore Yeah, and that was it was significant to me because at that point in time, I, I was taking my wife on the road. We went to Japan together. We went all over the states together. Um, I tried to take my my oldest son on the warp tour with me, and they uh-huh. last they lasted for like half of the tour. Sure. And then I sent that's them all. home. I
0: mean, that's, that's a long time. It was ridiculous.
1: And the only way to do it was like for us to be in a van following the tour bus. I had a spot on the bus, but I was like, nah, it's gotta be my family. And
0: the way they route work tour, it's 12 hour drives. It's horrible. They're they're not doing Cincinnati, then Cleveland. They're doing (laughs) Cincinnati, driving out to Kansas city to salt Lake and then doing Cleveland a week later. And it's like, wait, but they're trying to spread out the dates between like knowing that if the Cincinnati kids like have two weeks to go to Cleveland, they'll go to Cleveland too.
1: It was crazy. And, And I can't mention, I can't mention, uh, Work tour without shouting out Jamie Wilkins' adverse piece. Like, thank you for that opportunity. (laughs) But, um, you know, so we're on this we're on this on this tour and I'm just quickly realizing this is not conducive to my life. Yeah. Anymore. Yeah. So I sent them home. My son wasn't even like six months. I sent my wife and my son back home, hopped on the bus, started to sleep, started to do better health wise. Right. Yeah. You know, because we were we would literally perform all day and then drive at night when all the other artists were sleeping because yeah. they were on the bus and the bus driver was sleeping during the day and driving through the night. I was performing during the day and driving through the night. Yeah, so right, really right, right, yeah, and I,
0: yeah. I, I know a lot of artists that have been in that same situation, it's like, do you spend the X amount of dollars it takes to rent a bunk on a yeah. bus and, like, wipe out your entire profit, yeah. or do you just drive the van around and, yeah. like, some people go one way, yeah. and then they're like, all right, we did a whole summer warp tour and made three dollars, or yeah. they do it the other way, where we did a whole summer warp tour and I almost died seven times because I'd yeah. fall asleep in the middle of the night in the mountains well, the while driving fun, the van, you know. It was that
1: kind of, that, that, you know, that, um that time where I'm like okay now what's what's, more, what's most important see our goal was to make enough money on Warped Tour and then move back to Portland sure. Oregon right yeah. that was kind of the goal like we're leaving Lansing yeah. we've had enough we're out you know so that's another big part yeah. of the story is you know kind of this interesting intersection where it was the biggest tour I've ever been on. Yeah. You know, um, and then also a big move to leave Lansing, yeah. you know, because at this point in time, we decided this is just not where so we So let's rewind be. a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You moved in 2006, 2006 to got, Lansing. Got married that Why? year. Because um, my wife's family was here. Oh, she's from yeah, here. Yeah, I'm sorry. I omitted that yeah, part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's from here. We met in Portland, Oregon. I
0: just, I just you know, I, I always... People make moves because yeah, of various reasons. Usually, but, like, but when married. you're like in Seattle and everything's cool <laughs> and that's where you're
1: from, it's like we decided to move to Lansing, but you met her in Portland. So, so my Portland. crew, my crew was, uh, So after that tour and I was like the youngest in my group This is like the first tour I went on I I got taken away from my group To go work with another artist Because I was 18 All the guys in my group were like 25, 26 They had families at home I was free So So I was was like I'm I'm going on any tour I've been home from tour for 24 hours I want to go do something else I'm ready to do it again So I'm kind of doing that thing And then I I find two other artists Um, We were also on the same label This label out of San Diego called Syntax and uh, I was signed to them with my group Logic, and then there was another homeboy of mine, Braille, who was signed to uh, to the same label, but with X29, with Omega Watts, and this guy named Soul Plasma. And so we were kind of on the same label. We, we were making albums at the same time, and we collaborated on a song for our album and for their album and found out that we had chemistry. Yeah, and yeah. they were my age, right? And so we were all available, all free to go on tour right. and stuff. So we became a crew, lightheaded, you yeah, know? And yeah. then we went on to, to sign in with Trez with People Under the Stairs and Giant Panda, um, kind of in that whole, that whole circle of, like, West Coast, like, party hip-hop type stuff. Sure. And at that point in time, I moved to Portland, Oregon. Um, and we did that for a few years, toured a lot as lightheaded as a group, yeah. uh, worked on a solo project. Um, with a live band That landed me on a label In Japan That afforded me opportunities To go back and forth To Japan multiple yeah, times yeah. You know Probably nine times total Since then Since 2005 to now Oh wow um, And so like Yeah A place I would like to move One day Maybe <laughs> Who knows You know But uh, but yeah These are all experiences and, and then So you know Fast forward I'm doing all of that My wife and I meet in Portland While I'm with this group Yeah um, And we You know We hit it off And we're like well, let's, let's get married And she was like Well I'd like to be close To my family She's living there She's, she's in Portland School. At that point. Okay. Yeah, cool. going to school yeah, in Portland. Yeah. And uh they were like, Well, let's let's I'll try Michigan. My crew was kinda like everybody's growing in different ways now. Right, We've been right. doing this for like three or four years and it's it's naturally we're gonna I like this girl, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah, <laughs> so I'm like, yeah. let's yeah. do it. You know, um so we relocate, um, and now I'm in Michigan, Lansing, Michigan, of all places. Never heard of it. I've heard of Detroit. I've heard of Grand Rapids. <laughs> right, Never heard right. of Lansing, but here I am smack dab. I think I was on MySpace looking up who's in Lansing. and yeah. found FOS with clock and you know? I was like, yep. okay, so as soon as I get to Lansing, I'm going to what's this Max Bar? Cool. I'm going to Max <laughs> Bar. There's a hip hop shop over there on M A C. What Code of the Cuts? I'm going there. Right. I'm just like trying yep. to figure out how to get plugged in, right. you know. Right. And there was places for me to do that though, like you know the hip hop shop, which was you know adverse Spot, the Code of the Cuts, and Max, and F O S, and you know got involved and then got busy and then you know my my family's growing though. Have our first kid. Family's still growing. On tour. Family's growing. Stop going on tour because the family's grown to a point where it doesn't even make sense to do that. You got to be home, man. You know, and so that was kind of the beginning stages of figuring out like, oh, man, what have I been doing for the last right. 10 years? Like, I didn't go to college. I'm applying for these jobs. And they're like, yo, you're a perfect candidate for this job. Right. Send over your transcript or send over your diploma. <laughs> it's like, and no, I'm like, I don't have any of that. And they're right. like, oh, no longer can conduct this, this interview. So sure, I'm sure. like, well, I, I was the perfect guy for the job. Right, you know? Right. So now I'm at that intersection where it's like, oh, man, what have I done? You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and that's when I started thinking about, well, what do I know? You know, what if I, I guess it's if I go into my bag and figure out what resources I have, I, I know a lot of people. You know, I, I've developed a, you know, a, a, a career in music independently. I figured out how to tour without having albums out. I figured yeah. out, you know, so I, I felt like I know some. I could, and I'm looking at the youth and they're trying to figure it out. I'm ask, people right. are asking me questions all the time. Well, how do you do this? How do you do that? I was like, man, maybe there's a, more of a formal way for us to pass this information along to the next generation and that was the birth of all the above hip hop academy
0: and that's like 10 years ago almost 10 years ago yeah. like 2010 is when that's that about. sucker launched into being
1: yeah.
0: um you know it's funny one of the, i have these lunches and these dinners and these sit downs with artists that are trying to quote unquote do it you know mm-hmm. go out and do it and they're all looking for like that uh they want to skip the steps mm-hmm. right you know they want to skip this they want to skip whatever step they can skip whether it's it's the business side of it or whether mm-hmm. it's the recording side of it or the money side of it or whatever and in those like hour long two hour long sometimes they get to be three four hour long lunch lunch meetings hmm. You know, I try to like if you can skip a step, you still need to know what that step was mm-hmm. and what it accomplished, and you need to be able to act as if you did the work to get the, those mm-hmm. places. And I think that's what all of the above looks like for me. Is like it's not skipping steps, but it's it's being guided through some of the steps with somebody who's been
1: there. Right.
0: That seems like the whole premise of the thing, right? right? Is like take the kid you made all those mistakes when you were, you know, and we, we've talked about the positive and all that. And mm-hmm. I mean, you've been smiling the whole time, but I'm sure there's been like spots in the road that you've right. just fallen. Right. Oh, <laughs> Falling hard. You know, we all yeah. do it. Right. Yeah, I'm yeah. still doing it every freaking day where it's right. like, you know, I'll freak out about something my four-year-old does. And it's like, why am I so upset about this? She's four. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. <know>? Right. <laughs> it's like, you don't need to make the mistakes that I made. And it's like, no, they do. They do have to make those mistakes, but to yeah. have someone, A mentor, you know, that, that like guides them through it. And like, yo, you fell down, you fucked up on this. You, you, you use somebody's name in a verse in the community that you shouldn't have, or you, or you, you know, were just, you're just tending to be overtly negative when you don't need to be, or like, you're not building, you're not like, what, what, it what is all of the above's mission? Like what, what? and what was it when you started like like you're starting to come up with this idea oh, what yeah.
1: was it to you then and is it the same now oh it's completely different I mean some of the some of the bones are still there but I think early sure. on I'm like what's wrong with hip hop what's wrong with hip hop sure, right. people are right, right. bypassing or skipping over steps you yeah, know what I'm saying yeah, they just are yeah. getting it so easy and, and they don't respect the, the elders and the lyricism isn't a yeah. thing anymore really you know and so we were all about in the beginning was well, we got to well we got to we could play our part in educating. We're gonna educate the youth, almost inundate them. You know what I'm saying? If I were to like Yeah, your catchphrase thing that's on the <laughs> site is old school appreciation, yeah. new school application. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so early on that looked a little bit more like, yeah, we appreciate what you do, but let me tell you why it's whack. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right, like right, dude, right. let me tell you it's cool, do whatever you want. That's fine. You like all those hi hats, real cool, but like don't sure. don't 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 get lost in the hi hats and think you don't have to still rap. You yeah, know what I mean? Right, right, right. Um and but you know, and it became very different as as even a youth started, like, you know, putting my disposition, um, you know, exposing the hypocrisy in it, right? Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> this is the same conversations that Kumo D and jazzy, fresh Prince might have had. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Right. Or Kumodi D and, and LL Cool J, these generational like these, okay, we did it one way yeah. and now this next generation's coming in. They think they could just like take things over, but sure. they need to respect us. And actually, they need to like do it like this because they got it wrong and then the next generation does the same thing. It's right. the evolution it is, and it. it's like, did you
0: respect who you
1: were? Exactly. Y- you know, exactly. like
0: like yeah, you deserve that respect, but did you show that respect back up the line right. at your time? Like, imagine yourself as 17-year-old you and not right. 32-year Old, yeah. right right as 32 year old you acts more responsibly right. acts a fool less often than yeah. 17 year old you, you can tell me nothing
1: at 17 dude like, you couldn't like tell me a single thing you,
0: you know what i'm was, glad didn't exist when i was 17 like, fucking the internet right twitter you know if i had twitter when i was 17 <laughs> you'd be looking at me now with like my face would be caved in because i would have just got my ass kicked every day <laughs> uh, i was the most uh I just would push the buttons of people who I shouldn't push their buttons, but I always had the ability to like, at the last minute in person, just be like, all right, we're we're cool, man. I was was just fucking with you. But you put it on the internet, you put it out there. And that's the thing, like, we're at this age right now and we process things differently because we did it in a different way. And it's the same way that our parents were with us. And it's the same way that their parents were with them. Mm -hmm. And you talk about like, you know, this respect that's shown through hip hop. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, that's great. But also like, it was never born out of respect for the elders and right. everything else like that. That wasn't required. You yeah. know, when yeah. somebody popped on the scene at 19 and was just killing it, they weren't right. killing it because they, they were respecting everybody. Mm. They were killing it because right. they no. were just
1: saying what they needed to say. Right. No, but you know, the funny thing is I do look back and I'm like, well, you know, who did, who I did care about, you know, whose opinion I did value were folks that that um, we shared like a, a common or a similar interest. So if you were in hip hop and you were older than me and had lived through it, sure. and you had something to say about what I was doing and what I wasn't doing, yeah. and you you came about it in a way that was respectful and with my best interest in mind, I'd give you my ear. I'd listen Good. because you'd live through it. Like like my parents saying what they were saying, was like, we're not even on the same, like, You know Course trajectory Like I don't want to Do what y'all did You know what I'm saying Like You could say a few things I mean obviously In like Moral codes And that sort of thing They were good upbringing I did listen I was pretty compliant In that way But when it was about Me and my business And my music And what I was doing I needed a, A different Uh I needed access to different kind of mentors. Even though my dad was in the music industry, his yeah, his yeah, yeah. it was so old and so far removed from where I was. That wasn't even hip hop. Right. He was still talking about costume changes and like dance routines. Sure, and like you know, Earth, Wind, of, and Fire. I do it a whole <laughs> right, different gig right, that a fellow's trying to well, do in the dive bar. What you should do basement. is you should get the drum that the, the DJ should elevate. You see The DJ should start like you know, come off the ground, and that would be a show right there, saying You need some. Fire and lights and, you know, and, and, you know, dynamics. What you're missing is dynamics. I hear dynamics was like was like D word in my house. Yeah. You're missing dynamics, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but, but there was a few heads that were like, yo, man, how you doing, man? Let me look. What, what, you got? what have you written? Let me hear what you've written. Okay, it's dope. I hear what you're doing. You studied, okay, okay. You should check this book out. Yeah, you know. Also, right. what are you doing about your publishing? Are you learning about that? You learn how to, you know, get royalties and all. Right. So all of a sudden, it's like, oh, this guy's like taking a real interest in not only validating what I was doing, but offering some tutelage. And so that was the change too for AOTA Was like, man, validation is key. You need to be validated, yeah. so the guards don't come up. Sure. You can have all this information that nobody even wants to access or hear. If you don't validate first, if you don't figure out a way to engage, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And that that was some growth in me because all of a sudden I had to really listen to what the youth were listening to and figure out how to validate it and just, and just on top of that, just say, you know, this is, this is their expression and they're, they have the the right to that. Right. And I had
0: that too. We're all being told all day long that we're not good enough. So we don't want our hobby and our passion to be telling us we're not good enough. Right. You know what I mean? Like if hip hop's telling you, or, or like for me, you know, I mean, as dorky as like baseball cards is, is like a thing. Like if I went and did that for three hours and the baseball cards were yelling back at me, like, dude, you're not doing this right. Like, (laughs) I'd be like, look, baseball cards. Fuck you, man. I'm in control right now. But like, yeah, you don't want you don't want hip-hop if you're coming up to like tell you at 12 years old when you're like still forming your ideas of the world like that you're doing it wrong right right you know so what? it's it's dope for you to kind of like flip it and be like no dude let's go let's like keep doing it yeah don't forget these things exactly open your mind to these right. things but also like you're raw as hell and you're pissed off right now be pissed be' yeah. raw be be whatever it is that that you need to be to get it out of you because yeah. that's the whole point it's an outlet for most yeah. people you know yeah. for most people people, it's not, it's not a career or or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's just an outlet. It's an emotional release. And to have someone to, to be a teenager or even younger, that's controlled every day, they're Mm -hmm. controlled at school, they're controlled by their parents, they're controlled by their siblings and by what they're being told about the world to like have the thing where they like let that energy off. And it's, I've heard a lot of musicians that like feel like when they get bigger, mm-hmm. they get signed, it took the joy out of it, yeah, because it's just like it's more controlling, yeah, it's more of the same shit that I yeah. started playing guitar, I started rapping, I started playing drums to get away from the freaking bullshit of mm-hmm. every day, so it's dope that you're putting this in like a, a consumable
1: form that someone can seek out' right. as all of the above well, know? I mean, like you a big a big change in my in my thinking was that like in our culture. It's not that folks didn't want um, to have access to wisdom or somebody who had lived through it, but there's a difference between an old head and an OG, really. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. your old head is the the disconnected dude who's still trying to hold on to right. like the way it was and force and inundate. It's their the ideas. old man
0: yelling at Cloud, me exactly. in physical human form.
1: And then there was the OG. You know, who, who put you up on some re- like relevant and relatable information coming from a different vantage point was still able to connect with you mm-hmm. and give you the tools you needed to take it a step further, right? To continue, to, to continue out the legacy. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And be a part of that. And that was changed. It was like, we want to be that. That's what we want to be. We make the main thing, the main thing. The main thing is not the aesthetics or the biases that we have about hip hop and that sort of thing. Yeah. What's really important is that. Young folks and and you know especially young know, we work with young people so they they're finding a passion they're finding their voice they're getting a chance to articulate and express themselves discover their voice discover like the 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 methods and modes in which they connect most um, naturally to 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 have purpose and to have like a passion you know that kept me out of trouble saved my life multiple times being yeah, able to yeah. go home and write yeah. you know or to work on my craft to take that serious you know I could have been killed many times at man, parties that my friends were at and stuff yeah. went bad. But I was focusing on my craft. I was like, I want to do this. You yeah, know? Yeah. When I graduate, I want to, I want to do this. You yeah, know? Yeah. Um I want to do it now actually while I'm in high school. So we're getting these high school students, middle school students, and we're just just walking with them. You know what I'm saying? Being yeah. there as a sounding board. Doing and, the work. Encouraging with them. them. Yeah, Doing man. the work. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Teaching. You know, this it work. It's a lot of work, it's man. It's so much work. And it's a lot of work trying to, you know, uh, provide context, and uh, you know, like we want to keep the cultural pieces of the, you know, of of uh, or the historical pieces of our culture intact because you think it's important for them to know that. But you don't have to do it that way, you know. Yeah, yeah. And that's why you know that that concept comes from the the uh old school appreciation new school applications like yeah we know where you're coming from know where this is coming from you got to know that context yeah. but build off of that that's that's hip-hop for real for real right because uh-huh. it's
0: not the same as it was 20 30 years and it ago. Shouldn't be. so yeah you know like i said we've got the entire recorded history of music on our phone now yeah, That i just turn on in the car and it's yeah. like you don't have to go find the record buy the record or whatever you do that now out of appreciation for it but you don't have to right you know i can just listen to whatever fucking record i want right now right and just stop this whole podcast recording and just like vibe out to whatever for a half hour and come back to it um speaking of of records put out Mm -hmm. you're doing that still
1: yeah slow slower but but i don't i don't like like (laughs)
0: i'm doing the math i mean you put out three releases in three years so sorry slower I mean, 2019 is yeah, yeah, yeah. Between Time. Okay, okay. 2018, In the Wake of O. Yeah. 2017, it was Taking L's. Now, maybe that's when they popped up on Spotify.
1: Yeah.
0: So yeah I, I feel yeah. like Spotify is this thing that I <laughs> re- refer to as a resource, but then they're like, yo, that actually came out in 2013. I just put it out in 2017. So it doesn't have the accurate. So to me, it seems <laughs> like I'm reading through some of your stuff, and you're like, I'm putting things out when I want to. I'm taking my time with it. But then there's also three records that, it, yeah. at least according to Spotify, Spotify have been
1: out in the last three years. Yeah, so there's there's a line on that in between time um, that was essentially like remixes and rarities. If you were to you know to you know categorize what kind of project that was, but it was really in between time. It was stuff that like never made it onto albums. Sure, and did, I just didn't know how to release it because yeah. some of those weren't we weren't digesting music the same way. It was like at the on the cusp of of uh, you know streaming. So yeah. there was a song I was like I'm in my late 20s or mid 30s or early thirties. I can't, I just turned 30. Yeah. It was one of the lines yeah, on yeah. one of those songs, the right. song with Jesse Boykins and Buff and, and, and Buff one. Um, and it's a time capsule. That's nine years ago. You know? right. So some of those songs are pretty old, but it was literally like, yo, I know I got to keep content coming. And what do I got? So I started putting, it's like, I like this song. This song's dope. Never made it on anything. Okay. Let's put all these together yeah. and do the in between time release. And that's a
0: thing that could be more easily done in 2019 than it yeah. could be. Like, you're not going to take the money that it takes to like put that on a tape or on a record or CD or even, even like burning CDs and stuff. There's a cost there. Now you just pay Spotify or whatever, $10 a month and you Mm -hmm. can put that out there and it's out. Yeah. I just released an album or an EP and it's like, that's all I had to do. And it still worked. but it, it, it's a different time, Yeah. you know? Yeah. And, And, you know, some of the folks that you're talking about that are, are the, the old heads. Yeah. Aren't understanding that. Yeah. Like, yo, you could do this too. Yeah. Like, here's a microphone. Put out something today. Yeah, you could literally put out something yeah. today if you wanted to. <laughs> and I feel like that's, it's going in that direction even more. And I'm kind of excited. That's what Audio Tree is good at. You know, yeah. this new company that I joined is like, they capture the moment. Yeah. It's a live session. It's uh there's no second take. It's just one live take, a little bit of interview, a little bit of like this kind of thing where it's like, you know, just getting to the root of like where are these songs came from. Mm-hmm. Who are you? Mm-hmm. What, not what are you doing? Who are you yeah. as a person, you know? Yeah, yeah, Um, It's neat. And it's like, I feel like there's another step coming in music. That's going to make it even more present. Yeah. Doesn't have to be passed. you know. You re- you you re- you released a song that you did when you were thirty, mm-hmm. but it's still today's song. Yeah, you know, by putting it out today. Yeah, but you can also write one to- today and put it out today if you yeah. wanted to. Want to? Yeah, and that's just a sure. cool like uh freedom of creativity that. Yeah. Isn't tied to like getting a recording engineer and
1: going in the studio and da, 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 you know, like, well, I think where the frustration comes for like older heads is life gets more complicated as you get older, right? Yeah, and, and so, yeah. like, you start, you stop having the time to, to, uh, you know, pursue your passions in that way, you know, in a, in a way that just sucks up all your free time, yeah, you know, so, so, but and then when you do, if you're going about it with like archaic processes, you know, what I'm saying it's even takes even longer to get your stuff out. You're sure. thinking like I still gotta put together a double C D. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm gonna have like twenty four songs I'm about to drop on everybody. You no know? yeah, like that's gonna yeah. you're gonna be frustrated when that comes out and people listen to it for a day, a week tops, right. and then they're on to the next thing. Right. And here you are looking silly because you're on Instagram and Facebook telling, "Hey, check out my album. Check out this album. Check out this." And people, you're not getting no likes, no views. You're not getting yeah. any clicks. Yeah.
0: Just talking to yourself.
1: Now you're mad. You're like, "Well, I just put on. I, I just dropped a masterpiece, and nobody is even giving me time." Now you're trying to figure out who you're going to take the frustration on. If you're not being real about you know yeah. your processes yeah. and how like you know uh, disconnected they are from the reality of of the circumstance gonna take it out on the on the on the generation altogether. You're gonna yeah. take it out on well, that's everything where everything else. That's
0: <laughs> where the creation for creation's sake is so important because yeah. you know we are in this uh you know we talk about how people move on to the next thing so quickly right. but like people can also discover your first record right now, now. And it's new to them. Right. But it's there. Yeah. I could do it right now. Like yeah. we could look it up probably. I mean, as the, I, I, don't what, I don't know I do what you're for yeah, Sure. You could, could say yeah. to block this album <laughs> yeah. from ever being discovered uncheck the box. So <laughs> that was, it, and that's it. But like, <laughs> but like music is timeless more so than it ever has been yeah. because literally it, it may not be present to you, yeah. but it's going to be present to somebody who picks it up for the first time. Yeah. And like you know, as I'm as I'm trying to figure out what to do with this podcast, yeah. I don't want to just like focus on. So Jose, what is your next show? Can we yeah. come see you at Max Bar on yeah. blah blah? Like I have no clue. Because then like this this whole thing becomes like expendable time wise. Yeah. But like yeah. the hope is that this conversation still makes sense five years from now and yeah. somebody stumbles across it and it's like, what am I trying to do with hip hop dude? And then they start their own Academy in freaking Boise, Idaho. Yeah. 10 years from now. What Cause that? they accidentally stumble across this on SoundCloud. Like, yeah, know? man. Assuming that we ever put this out at all. Yeah, <laughs> right? But, yeah. but like, but like, <laughs> you know, it's just that timeliness of, or timelessness of, of, of media mm-hmm. that it's like, it, it doesn't have to be attached to a thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. That's exciting to me. That, yeah. that, that's like an expansive thought that, like, maybe wasn't there
1: ten years ago. Yeah, you know. Well, it's like you get all these different like takes and, uh, I guess, uh, perspectives on how to navigate aging gracefully, or, sure. or even like transitioning through the different phases of your life and yeah. keeping the things that are important to you intact at some capacity or another. It's yeah. been pretty much the common thread of my last. 10, 15 years. It's like, yeah. how do I make it so music isn't a bad thing in my household? And it's not the thing that like ruined our family or it's like the took thing dad that away, took or dad, or dad took, out of the house. You know what right? I'm saying? Yeah, like, I want because yeah. because for me it was it was incredibly life giving. You know what I'm saying on so many different levels. Yeah. And so I want I want my I want my kids to 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 explore music, whether it's dance or creating music or just it's you know valuing and um, appreciating. The processes, the 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 product of music, you know what I'm saying? And um, the stories, all of this stuff. This is this is okay. this is like a time capsule. Here I look at this podcast like, hey, we're just we're getting perspectives on life, art, music, yeah, you know, career, aging, you know, these different things and they're they're they are timeless concepts because right. you go back and listen to it and it's like, oh I was I was in I was a fly on the wall in that conversation and there was a nugget of truth there that I could take and apply. Yeah. You know, and that's that's incredibly valuable. So, but like, you're also, I think
0: from what I can pick up, you're not close-minded enough to where if your kids are like, dad, enough with the music stuff, yeah. like here's what I'm into. Yeah. You're going to support that hundred percent too, you know, figure out how 22 year old, you probably wouldn't right. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. like, no, if you ain't, if you ain't with me, you're against me kind of thing. Like yeah. not, not, you yeah. wouldn't do that to your kids, yeah, yeah, but yeah, like, yeah, that yeah. is the natural thing. Like, yeah. this is what I do. This is my thing. Music yeah. is my thing. And it needs to be everybody's thing to support yeah. it and whatever. Like, if they decide that, like, freaking science or, 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 like, architecture Mm -hmm. or whatever, whatever it is, is their thing, like, you're gonna, you're gonna get behind that a thousand percent too with the same passion.
1: You just seem like that type of dude. Yeah. And, and I mean, even that's another thread in AOTA is like hip hop is a lifestyle. You know what I'm saying? It's like if you go on to be a veterinarian, um, having had a time in a, in a beat making class, learning how to make beats collaboratively with MCs or whatever, even if that's not your career path, there's still, there's still things you can extract from those experiences that are applicable yeah, yeah, to yeah. your career. They're not and that, and they're not mutually exclusive right. by any means. It's all holistic to me. And sure, I, I think yeah. about like hip hop as it that's as the it, hippie and that's the hippie in your mom, right? That's right. Even yeah. the word holistic seems like a very hippie word. Yeah. Like holistic yeah, hippie. Yeah. You know, but but yeah, that's it. It's all connected. It's interconnected. And right. if you can just take the time to kind of unpack or decode where those connections are. Yeah. I mean, it could it could be you know um, really enlightening for you know if you're looking for answers. I mean, you just dig no deeper than 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 some of those anecdotal experiences, but look at them differently. You know, yeah. what was I, what was I really doing when I was making right. beats in that classroom with those folks? I was like, oh, I actually learned. And you were talking about baseball cards, and I really like the book Outliers. And I think about you know your ten thousand hours. Whether or not I agree with that right. concept, yeah. there's this principle of like you are just the culmination of your, your your the legacy left to you, your your experiences, the time you in which you were born, the parents you you had, the, the environment you lived in, all these things play into who you are. And if you can kind of look at them holistically yeah. and unpack the different intersections where you were actually like learning. There was learning happening, there was education happening, there was experiencing have experiences happening that you can take from and apply now. Those that's powerful, you know what I'm saying. But yeah. but you know, if you don't have people guiding you through that those steps or those perspectives, sometimes you might miss it or come to it at 42. Well, and or, it's just that self
0: awareness that I think that you know, I talk to these artists. Like I said, I have these lunch meetings and I sit down and trying to figure out their path. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like if you can be self aware and also just be honest with yourself and say, look, music is what's going to define my next 10 years or, you know what? I'd be cool if it didn't right. right now. I'm just enjoying it. Right. You know, there's yeah. nothing wrong with being a bar band on the weekend with your friends. The, the, the band is the thing that gets you free drinks at the bar and you right. hang out with 20 of your friends, you play covers and yeah. whatever. There is nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But if you can identify, if you're that, but you're pretending to be the other thing, right then that's where things get messed up. And mm-hmm. I always tell them like, look, if you're, if this is career, it needs to be all encompassing. You mm-hmm. need to be breathing it, thinking about it. You need to be doing all the things that you're talking about, where you're like applying it to each part of your life mm-hmm. and letting it all kind of like breathe together. But if it's just like a side thing, like yeah. identify that too. Yeah. And just like know that there are opportunities out there for acts like that, that Absolutely. just want to like, just hang out with their friends, yeah. just, just throw down a a, 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 a track and just put it out the day they put it out. Yeah. You know, it doesn't have to be overthought. You know, sometimes you do have to like, you get signed, you've got an agent, you got a manager, you got to like oh, feed that machine a little bit because yeah. you've chosen that, that right. path, that machine. Yeah. Um, it's the ones that that choose that path, but then also try to choose the other path that are the ones that I feel like are the ones that just get stranded in the mountains at three mm-hmm. o'clock in the morning. And, you know, <laughs> in Utah somewhere where yeah. they're like, they're not ready for following warp tour in a van, you right. know, they're not right. Re- Cause they didn't take it all seriously. And now they're like, Oh shit, the van, right. the, the van broke down and it's snowing. And there's a mountain lion outside the car trying to eat right. us, you know, like it, like if you're going to do it for a career, yeah. Admit that, admit yeah. it to everyone, tell everyone that that's yeah. what we're going to do. And then like, take the steps to do it, yeah. you know? And, and if you're not going to do that, that's okay too. Yeah. And I would imagine that all the above is a great place for a kid who's like, not sure yet Yeah. to like, just be in hip hop without yeah. having to like decide yet. Yeah. You know, just like, I'm just gonna, I'm just being here today. Yeah. yeah. Just worrying about what's happening in this yeah. room right now. Cause we're all like. If this thing leads to this thing, if we, and we all have to be these calculated messes of ourselves all the time. So, um, <laughs> the bear of bad nose, speaking the, the, of, speaking the, of that. So the, you, you put in, you know, you, you told me three things in the email that prepped us for this, that mm-hmm. said you were a recording artist, you Man. were a teaching artist mm-hmm. and you're a behavior treatment specialist. Yes. What does that mean? Is that okay? That's so is that the title. thing that
1: pays the bills for you to be able no. to do all this other stuff, or what? No, th- so those are the those are the three things that kind of led to the work I'm doing now. Yeah, with, with all the above, Hip Hop Academy below the stacks. So, um, so yeah, the behavior treatment specialist part was that was working at Ingham Academy. I think specialist was kind of a lofty title. I think it was <laughs> like in training behavior treatment specialist in training novice, you know, whatever. Sure, but but it was it was a. Uh, so we're working with youth who who have who've gotten into trouble. You know, sure. everybody has a juvenile court officer in that building. Um, they're all working through you know behavioral or cognitive um, you know issues. You know, some of which have led folks to commit serious crimes. Yeah. Some you know petty petty crimes, yeah. but they're all in that building. You know what I mean? So my job was. Um, so is this like a mentorship thing then like no, kind of? So it was a school, it was a full-on school trying yeah. to get kids through high school. So okay. as as they started at eighth grade, got them through to, to getting their their um their diploma. Um so what I did, I worked for the nonprofit side of this of this organization or for this this building. So there's the courts, the school district, and high fields. Highfields, I was an employee of Highfields, and okay. all we did all day was uh, you know help youth work through the issues, may it be coming from home, may it be, you know, cognitive, uh, behavioral, whatever it may be, um, and help them figure out how to navigate the complexities of their world in a way that produces, you know, uh, prepared adults, you know, and folks who are going to get their diploma, move on, learn how to not just respond to conflict, you know, Um, so... You know, by by aggress- aggression, yeah. You know, or or uh, you know, something that could land them in, you know, change the whole trajectory of their uh, trage- trajectory of their life yeah. in that moment. So that was my whole job every day. I'm getting cussed at. I'm like a, I'm like an emotional punching bag all day. Right. You know, just
0: every. How do you land there? <laughs> Three how, years. how does that work? Does that did Ruckus, that come? Man. DJ Ruckus. Okay, so that came from your yeah. network. Yeah. And they identified you as somebody who could a handle that and B, yeah. maybe be a positive influence, but still. You know with those kids, I would imagine the, the maintaining the cool points yeah. is is
1: big for them, yeah, like, the fact that I could rap so so we actually there. came in there for some uh for some uh you know, assemblies As yeah. as all the above Hip Hop Academy A lot of times right. it would just be me And we want somebody to come and rap So Ruckus, he's working there yeah. He's like, yo man You want to come and do this assembly For Black History Month Or for, you know right. for Whatever event they got sure. going on i come in, I'd rap The staff would hear it The kids would feel it Or maybe not But then when they were looking for somebody To fill the shoes of another person Who had to go They're like, hey What would you think about I know you're kind of in transition You're not like touring As much as you were And you know, are you looking for something stable like that? And I was like, yeah. absolutely. You right. know, um, it, while I was developing all the above hip hop academy, I know I wasn't going to be there for you know twenty years. I wasn't going to retire from this place. I don't, th- I don't see how anybody could, yeah. you know, without being completely jaded and messed up by the time you come out of there. Right. But um, what it did is it informed the work more and informed all the above hip all of the above hip hop academies. You know, um, focus. You know, it, it made it more clear as to what you are doing.
0: What, what all of the above is doing is you're helping form, you, you, you use the word trajectory. You're kind of helping these kids fire themselves into whatever they're going to do in life. Yeah, yeah. So you're kind of aiming them yeah. know, at that point and to have the formative of like, if they aim wrong. Yeah now you can like be part of
1: the solution before it's a problem. Right. There's that part. There's the, the navigating the now too, just having something positive and constructive to go to, to be a part of, to have community, to be a part of, to create an
0: outlet for them to just release that in a, in a positive way. Absolutely. I think that's a perfect uh, transition into what you just finished up with the below the stacks festival, because I think, um, graffiti and street art has a very negative connotation in certain places um but you're taking that that street art to another level that's Mm. a place that's showing that you know these people who do this kind of thing have an outlet and a place to do it and you're doing it in a way that's celebrated and all that kind of thing where did below the stacks come from so, and yeah. and secondly, yeah, yeah. I just want to ask a joint question. This one's kind of a narrow question, but then the more the broader question is like and how does what you're doing below, below the stacks portray how you feel about the city of Lansing in general? This is your yeah. home now. Yeah, yeah, it's home Like now. so below the stacks I want to know where it came from, but I also want to know I want you to tie into it like what Lansing means to you and and how you're helping by doing below the stacks or something like that.
1: So I'll answer that yeah. in reverse. Yeah, yeah. So the way I see the city, what it became to me was land of opportunity. Like it was like, man, it's not a blank canvas, but there's room on this canvas
0: yeah, yeah, for
1: yeah. ideas and, and creative concepts and thoughts. and, and uh, Honking you know, your horns. Yeah, honking your <laughs> horns. You know what I'm saying? That <laughs> it all day, you know? You appreciate it. Uh, no, but you know... Um, it became that to me. Instead of looking at, a, at its deficits and what it didn't have, it was like, oh man, but there's, if that's not here, maybe there's room to create that or to build that or collaborate um, to see it come about, you know? Um, so, in that spirit of collaboration, I've been driving around the city for, you know, 13 years. Um, just kind of noticing all the blank spaces yeah, you know just yeah. like man there's a lot of beige walls. Like every city I've lived <laughs> sure. in right. people mark their territory usually it's become you know because people love their city they're from here I mean if they're yeah. vandalizing it there's still this thing of like I'm marking my territory I was here I want to be seen on this wall sure. in my city I yeah. want people to know my yeah. name even though it's some abstract. It's like,
0: way more complex a thought than yeah. that. It is just I'm vandalizing this thing. Exactly. If you're drawing a dick on it. It's one thing, yeah. but even you
1: know. You still want somebody to see the dick. Yeah. <laughs> <deer laughs> right. And right, deer, right. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. Right. <laughs> but but you're right. You know. And and it's kind of a radical thought. But you know, for me, not seeing a single tag on these walls—my bad—kind um, of spoke to me. as like nobody even cares to like mark their territory. And you start confirming that thought by talking oh, to people, saying, yeah. "Yo." Success looks like me leaving Lansing. Right. I'm only here to get my degree or whatever, and I'm yeah. out. You know right. what I'm saying? That's like a very common, you know, um, you know disposition. Sure. You know, especially with young folks I'm talking to, it's like, I can't wait to get out of here, you know? Right. And so we're thinking about the revolving door. In the, in the hip-hop scene, too, there's always been this kind of revolving door of like, okay, you have some staples. You have a piece to ward and, and the folks who like really hold it down here. Yeah. But then at large, you always have like... You know, you have uh, MSU, at least when I, was coming, when I was coming into the scene, it felt like it was really codependent on MSU's ability to kind of like nurture, foster events, keep things happening, keeping people engaged. And as soon as they left, it was like the scene died. Yeah. And then the next year, I mean, it took a little bit of time to ramp back up into, okay, now there's events happening, people are doing something. I'm sure that's yeah. why like Fusion came about to so like, hey, let's, let's bring high caliber, good art, good shows yeah. to yeah. Lansing and let's tie in you know, locals to come into support. And, maybe... and a lot of
0: it was opportunity. You know what I'm saying? It's like we don't get to move into the spaces that are already busy. Exactly. We got to move into a place that needs it, right? has a demand, or maybe doesn't even know they have the, the, the demand. Will be there. Yeah. If you build it they will come kind of scenario. Right. right. And if
1: you build it with like some intentionality, yeah. You could they'll come and they'll maybe stay and maybe like yeah. You know, um, like partake and and take ownership. So that was kind of the idea. I was like, right. well, let's let's build into the creative fabric of our city. You know, through you know mentoring youth early on, teaching them that yo, you can be a part of this industry. You can travel from here. You can right. live here for really really reasonable. Yeah. Get involved yeah. into events happening around the city and go on tour and come back and still have all your stuff. Yeah. And maybe be able to make rent. You don't have to worry about a New York apartment <laughs> right, where right. you're struggling to to make. It puts a different additional pressure on your craft you know when you have to make x amount of money just to live yeah you know you can like develop your career and go whatever path you want with it if you know your basic needs are being global
0: it's a global economy right now anyway so like like what you do here doesn't have to just resonate here exactly there's negatives to that too i think we talk about like local music scenes kind of losing their their flavor and their uh you know in Livingston County, where where Tyler and I first met, it was like in Howell there was always a ska band, mm. and in Brighton there were always these indie rock bands, mm. and then there was always this little core of like metal bands doing this, and and that was a thing until mm. the internet like blew that up. Yeah. When you wanted to listen to a ska band, you could now listen to all of the ska bands that have ever existed for all time. I don't need to get go to the local hall show or the yeah. local lo- you know ska band is hustling CDs, right. you know, like which kind of broke down this like regional yeah. thing, but it also like opened the world up to like you can still live here and you can still create here yeah. and you can still do things here, but you can also experience what it's like to live in Nashville just by being in business with yeah. someone you know, uh, traveling there from time to time. Yeah. You can go to Chicago, you can yeah. go to New York, but yeah. you don't have to pay for that freaking apartment. Right, exactly. flights are cheap, man. Spirit Airlines, mm-hmm. you can get on a flight <laughs> to New York for like 60 bucks.
1: Right, You man. gotta get up at 3.30 in the morning, but it's fine, you know? And if you're okay with sacrificing the, the, the aesthetics or the biases for what really matters, at my point, my conversation became way more about quality of life than anything else. I was yeah. like, I want more coffee shops, I want more just. I want more like great food and things to do like after five and things. And right. you know, I was like, all that stuff is like, like, really? I I just wanna, wanna, I want a happy home, man. I want to have yeah. like, a good relationship with my kids. I want to have a good relationship with my, with my, with my spouse. So I want to be able to connect to the community. And for me, hip hop now is like sport. You know, it's a way for me to stay in shape. Like yeah, I write right, lyrics right. and put music out just to stay sharp. You know, yeah. I'm not doing it to, to make a, to make a million dollars. Like if I was, I would played that game a long time ago, and I didn't. So for me, the natural progression is to just to stay in shape doing it because I enjoy it. But you know, back to the, the, the idea of why blow the stacks and you know, uh, how this all kind of works together is. A friend of mine, Dustin Hunt, DJ Collectives from, from uh, Impact 89 FM, back yeah, in the days, yeah. you know, he, his, his, his path kind of took him to teaching to Chicago, to Portland, and then Minnesota, and back to Michigan yeah. while we're doing AOTA. He comes back, gets integrated into the community. He has his own idea of what want to do, like, a, a similar program with AOTA, but to reinforce math concepts through mural art. And so him and I are talking about, like, you know, the blank walls and all the opportunity here. And we're yeah, like, yo, yeah. let's... And then I spoke at the Creative Placemaking Summit last year, and I got word of this grant, seventy five thousand dollars. I was like, yeah. I going to apply for this grant. You know, hey, yeah. let's do it together. Let's, hey, let's do something about these blank walls, right? Yeah, yeah. So we go in on the grant, we get it, and then we're like, okay, we got seventy five thousand dollars. <laughs> now we got to gotta do something. I think right after that, we had a conversation about what a festival means, right? Yeah. That 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 concept you provided. Really, like echoed throughout this whole process. It's sure. like, okay, we have artwork that's going to happen. It's going to have value to the city. Yeah. We we're going to dig it. Just alone, yeah. a festival is a whole other thing. I kept on saying that yeah. at our meeting. Right. like, if we're talking about a festival, we're talking about the amenities that come along and the right. attractions besides the artwork. And Look, so, as,
0: as someone who's produced festivals before, <laughs> I can make seventy-five thousand dollars go away like fast. And that's yeah. what we learned. It was right. like, dang, this goes so just, quick. That's just the the the. The barrier to entry in the festival world yeah. is like seventy-five to a hundred thousand dollars. If you have that, you can start a festival, and it'll be the most bare bones, yeah. boring, <laughs> standard. Like we have porta potties and fences Yo. and a stage, and there oh. we go,
1: seventy-five grand gone. So it was crazy because so we we that we get we get that seventy-five thousand dollars in like J- January, yeah. And so we're planning on having just the art, bare minimum, you know. Uh, you know amenities and that sort of thing, maybe some concerts and such and then, and then we get an, a matching grant for seventy five
0: thousand
1: yeah in uh June, and now the festival's happening in September, <laughs> right, and we had been planning for something very very small, and it was like, yeah. oh man we have so we had the burden." Of an additional seventy five thousand right, dollars right, to figure out. We've been raising. I think we raised another twenty thousand just on our own.
0: Yeah. Anybody out there, uh, we'll, we will gladly take that burden any time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Let's yeah, get like- the, give you the burden.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and you know, and 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 so, and then we have below the stacks, which was a success, man. We got all this great new artwork up on the walls. We showed our guests and our and our um, and our locals a really good time. Yeah. And kind of put Lansing on the radar in terms of mural art. And like we get, we're getting like submissions from Malaysia. We're getting submissions from Ecuador and Colombia. Yeah. Artists who want to come to Lansing to paint because they saw, you know, below the stacks. All of a sudden, sure. there's this new visibility globally. Yeah, you know, for our city. So yeah. for us, when we look at this holistically, ding ding ding. Right. You know what yeah. I'm saying? That they all kind of work together. We're, we want to create opportunities for our youth. If they want to do music or art at, at a professional level, well, yeah. let's help stimulate a climate in which that seems pretty like doable. Like if yeah. there's something yeah. happening here that I can graduate from high school, at least stick around and see where I fit in or graduate from MSU and stick around and yeah. see where my career and my ideas fit in, you know? Um, because now there's this, this art and people are kind of looking at city as a place, a destination. Maybe they want to come and spend some time here and get involved, you know? Yeah. Um. So from the music to the visual art, we understand the power of aesthetics. You know what I'm saying? If people feel like they're connecting through the arts, and the arts have a place. It's not this peripheral thing where it's like, oh, yeah, we have some art, and, you know, it's not a big deal, but whatever. You know, people treat it that way. Like, yeah. oh, yeah, cool, well, I'm not moving there because I want to be in an environment that is, that is... St- artistically stimulating and actually is conducive to my, or at least supportive of my ideas. Shoot, I'm just coming out of college. I got yeah, ideas. Yeah. If this city doesn't feel like it's going to support my ideas, then why why not move to Chicago or New York sure. or L.A. or Miami, whatever? And then you
0: get there and you realize it's the same thing, just a bigger with more fish to, you know, fight for the scraps. And, and higher looking, rent. Right, yeah yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. More <laughs> congested freeways. I've settled yeah. into the idea that, like... <laughs> I, I'm going to equally love and hate my hometown until I die yeah. kind of thing. You yeah. know, I live in Heartland, Heartland. Oh. And we, have, we have a target and a Walmart and, but like, <laughs> but it's also beautiful. Yeah, man. You know what I mean? And it's like, there's so many things to do with my little four year old. That's just like getting outside, yeah. and breathing clean air and yeah. all those things. And it's safe and it's all these things. So like, I, I, I've i learned to appreciate that, but I've also learned to rally against, or at least try to create things that are, that are pushing the boundaries a little yeah. bit. And it's yeah. hard. It's hard to do in any city. It's hard to do in Lansing. Yeah. The red tape is there. There yeah. are people that just want to say no. Yeah. No, so just, just because. <laughs> right. That sounds like a good idea, but no. Oh, oh man. And I'm say, sure you yeah. run into that, oh, you know? Yeah. Um, but like, Cause you know, shit's scary and people have their bubble that they're trying to maintain and and whatever. But, um, I think you're doing it in a really cool way. I was going to ask you what gets you out of bed, but you just spent like the last 40 minutes just like rattling about the things that get you out of bed. So what, what holds you down, man? What, what negative, what hurts, what hurts the motivation of Jose more when you're out in the community doing these things? Like what slows you down? Either emotionally, mm. personally, internally, or, like, external things that, that like.
1: Honestly, if my wife and I are seeing eye to eye and we're working, I mean, I, could, I feel like I can do anything. There's, like, a there's like sick. A, a cape on. Yeah. That's on my chest if we're seeing eye to eye. All right. You know, if we're good, if yeah. we're in a good place, yeah. I'm in a good place, you know. If, uh if we're working through things and, and struggling or or arguing or whatever that that has an impact on my ability to think clearly yeah because because again it's like at the end of the day I truly I, I mm-hmm. that unit motivates and uh inspires and informs a lot of the work I do um, it's important to me you know what I mean Um and it's probably not the the answer. Most people are like, you know, i old lady. Don't understand when she can take a hike. You know what I'm saying? I'm not that's not my philosophy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I love her. Love my kids. know, yeah. and, and I want I want I want good things for them. I appreciate the fact that even though my parents didn't uh, grow apart, they stuck around. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? To make sure you know we we saw that, and I, I appreciate that. I value sure. that. You know yeah. personally. You know I know there's folks doing it in different ways. And there's great individuals and human beings being produced out of situations that weren't as fortunate as that. But if I can do anything to keep that intact, I'm going to do that. And so, um, Mm -hmm. if that's together, I'm together. Yeah. I always joke with my parents that like,
0: anytime that you ever tried to teach me anything, Mm -hmm. it failed, Mm -hmm. but I learned everything from when you fell on your face, but you still, you you were still there. You know what I mean? Like, and, and it's a joke now we kind of chuckle about it, but then it probably wasn't very funny you know right. I learned most from when they struggled but still managed to like keep us sheltered yeah. when they were struggling you know so that, that that's so true when when the when the family unit is just cool yeah you know i had a I had a chat with my wife when this was all starting to go down I was gonna let fusion shows go and go do something else and I just said in this transition time is there anything you want to do yeah. like do you need that's me real. to do you need me to come back to the to the 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 nest a little bit more that's real so that you can go you know cuz i've been going for 12 years oh. and she's <laughs> like no dude i'm good and i'm like you're good yeah. you're real good like i'm yeah. i'm open to, this is this is the time this is it yeah, man. and she's like man as long as like i can be there for this little girl yeah. and be there for you And I can watch as much law and order on TV as I want. Like, just like, like she's just a creature of comfort, right? Right, right,
1: right. And,
0: and to know that, to, to, to assume it Mm -hmm. is one thing, but to know it because you've asked, you've had that tough conversation of like, are you good? Yeah. Are you, are you with me? Yeah. If I'm going to take this leap, I need to know that you're, you're my parachute, you know? And, jumping sometimes we, we naturally just jump not knowing, but like to have that core to go back to that wife and. Uh, you know, the little girl that's going to love you, no matter how much you fuck up at work, real. you know, like that's real. that, the, the S on your chest is for real, dude. You just yeah. rip that
1: open and show the world uh, like, dude, I'm good. And you know, my kids love me, bro. I'm right. winning out here. <laughs> yeah. and my wife is happy. I'm good. Yeah. No, I think the word though, to sum all that up for me, really. And I've been thinking about this word a lot and how deep it is. The thing that like terrifies me and motivates me is this word accountability. Yeah. It's like, it motivates me because it's, it's not about me. All, all, you know, entirely, you know, yeah, what I'm, saying? I'm a yeah. piece of this puzzle. I'm just a piece. Right. And I am accountable to my community. I'm accountable to my kids. I'm accountable to my culture. I'm accountable to my wife. He keeps answering the questions that I'm going to ask him. Because yeah, yeah. I was
0: going to say, do you have any advice
1: for fellow creatives? And you're telling them, <laughs> um, be accountable. Be accountable, man. I think I think that's the key. That is the key that... um it's art for art's sake, which is cool, but it ends up just at the end of the day yeah. being art for art's sake. Like, yeah. oh, that was great. Who were you at the end of the day? A lot of right. my a lot of my heroes were terrible people. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And yeah. and they were still my heroes in the artistic capacity. Right. But is this somebody I would want to spend life with? And is that even important to me? Is that yeah. what I want to give of my time? And uh, or would I be in- incredibly disappointed if I ever got to know that person? Right. You know what I'm saying? It's like so. Art has a value, and I think it's a it's a motivator, and it's a it inspires. That's for sure. But outside of motivation and inspiration, it's like, what is the end goal? Is the end goal quality of life? Yeah. Is the end goal. And nobody sits on their deathbed being like, Man, I wish I would have done another show. I wish I would have got paid more for that show. All right. You know, like, damn, I wish I would have spent more time with my pops. I wish I would have spent more time with my sister. I wish I would have, like, gave more time to my uncle. That's the stuff that, like, really matters at the core of our being. Yeah. And so if your art can be leveraged to those things to connect you to people, if you're, if you have to be real with it, you have to be like, What am I doing this for? And who am I doing this for? And why? You know what I'm saying? For me, that's, that's the, that's the, that's the base of this accountability piece that, like, I'm finding it it it, it leads me and guides me and terrifies me to death. <laughs> but it's like, yo, you have to embrace that. Like, when I make art, when I create, who's listening? And does and what does it mean to them? And is it valuable um, to them? I, I hope so, in some capacity or yeah. another, because I don't want to, again, I'm not boohooing on art for art's sake. I think it has its place. But I think every human being has to, at some point in time, be real with why they're doing it, who they're doing it for and, and how that all attributes to what they want out of this life for real. Money can't be the answer. There's a deeper answer than money. It has to be. So what do you really want? Yeah.
0: You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's awesome, dude. Yeah. Speaking of accountability, I know you got to go in about five minutes. So I'm going to rattle off some, just a speed round of like some quick answers just to wrap this thing up. Just first thing that comes to mind and then uh, we'll let you go about your business. I can't and let
1: you like, distracted, so it's okay. What you got? It, it's, it's, we'll,
0: we'll just start. Best album of all time.
1: Oh, snap. <laughs> Best album of all time. Most man.
0: meaningful album of all time to you. Uh, what's, what's the one that you
1: hold up on the pedestal higher than anything else? Dang, you know, just, I'm, I'm just like trying one. to like, think of another album, and I don't know if this is the right answer, but you know, Like Water for Chocolate, Commons Like Water for Chocolate, I think is a brilliant album, and D'Angelo's Voodoo album. Those are two albums, okay. like neck and neck, that I feel like are two like, and Mama's Gun, all all, and that's <laughs> Eric Badu, D'Angelo, and Common. Those three albums are like three the best albums. Sorry, <laughs> no,
0: that's good. Favorite uh, live show you've ever seen? The Roots. Straight up. Straight up. Where at? Or just in general? To, you've seen them a million. Yeah, hey, I've
1: seen them a few times, but what was the one that like converted uh, you? The first time I saw him was in Seattle. Um, I just couldn't believe it. I was just like, Man, man, just took everything I knew about live performances and just flipped it on his head. And I was yeah. like, This is insane! Hell yeah, it was them in Jurassic 5, Jurassic. And 5,
0: speaking crazy. of 2019, where you can see them all the time, now you can see them on late night TV every night. And one of my best <laughs> friends is
1: back there playing the beat machines, Joe Elliott. Man, that's, I'm like, Oh, he's that's based awesome. on the roots, he's a root.
0: Favorite project you've ever guested on, like thrown down a verse
1: on, or Favorite project I've ever guessed it on, man. That's a that's a tough one because there's a lot of there's a lot of them. Uh, I don't have an answer for that. I'm that's gonna fair. Lie that's to fair.
0: You, you don't want to put one of your friends ahead of everybody no, else. No, I really can't even. And like, they never right. live that down, right? <laughs> right. Uh, I mean. You watch a lot of TV?
1: Not a lot, but I have certain what's shows. What's the most like
0: What's the most recent thing you binge watched? Ooh, uh,
1: Raising Dion. I don't know what that is. Yeah, what is it's that? it's tight, man. What is it? Uh it's about a young a a young black mother raising a, a young black son. Um he has superhero powers and he's yes. trying to figure out how to use them and navigate the complexities of this this real scenario. Um it's dope. It's super good. Super good, man. Uh, sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Best rapper that ever lived. <laughs> just to throw another <laughs> one at you that just like I can't do. Black, this. Thought. black get,
1: thought. All right, cool. Black thought. Albums or singles. Albums. For me I wouldn't advise it Don't make an album That's stupid 19 <laughs> Don't make an album Make singles or EPs But yeah I still like albums I still both like them
0: Festivals Yay or nay Yay For you You like it Okay. Well, I like them I love I hate them festivals. I
1: festivals <laughs> I hate them They suck I'm
0: 40 years I'm just too old for this shit Like unless <laughs> I had like a Like a chair I just I, I'm Three hours is enough for me. But that's also like, that. I mean, it, it, I'm supposed to be that way. I've seen 10 million shows. So. But, but you know, the thing but about like,
1: it is, I, but festivals for what? I think sure. it's good for the city. Will I go to every day of a festival? Absolutely not. Okay, right, right. I'll go to a day, but I think it's happening. You I support think it's it. Support yeah, it. okay. Yeah,
0: all right, sure. all right. Uh, what's a controversial
1: opinion you hold? And it can be mm, whatever. Controversial. A controversial opinion I hold. Yeah. Artists should be accountable to their community. Boom. Okay. Last one in your life. What's your guilty pleasure? Mm. Guilty pleasure. Like something that like I shouldn't do, but I do.
0: I don't
1: know. Oh, that I like. How, how I I we, or something I don't like. However you define it. To. Yeah. Yeah. you define guilty it? pleasure? Black licorice. Okay. I like that. All right. I love it actually. I don't know if that's even. I don't like. going don't even feel. Any I kind think of it's guilt disgusting. It. But well, there you go. There you go. So. But I don't. I don't. I don't, I, I don't
0: hold. I don't hold contempt for you because you, you like, like it. black
1: licorice. No man, no. this is terrible.
0: This well, is, in, this no, room, in this room, in this room, it stands up.
1: Hey, you're gross,
0: Jose. Moore, Where, where <laughs> can we find out more about what you're doing on the internet? Uh,
1: Shoot, follow me on Instagram. I don't post a whole lot, but when I do, I try to make it worth seeing. I guess. Um, that's so, Jose Moore. I'm the only one. O z a y m o o r e. That's a social media: Instagram, freaking Facebook, Twitter. But if you want to know more about the organization, it's all of the above dot org. Um, follow, find out what we're doing in the community, what we're what we plan on doing in the community, and, and stay tuned. And know? below the stacks I mean, going to come back hopefully in below the future. The there you go. It will come back, and we're fashion. trying to figure out. How that frequent? That yeah, hey, you're, <laughs> but yeah, you just yeah. finished up two weeks ago, man. You don't have to know that just yet. The question for you is like, how how done are you with a festival when you when you finish it up? Are you like, I don't even want to do this next year? And then like for like a yeah, month, that, like natural. I can't Wait to do
0: it? Yeah, 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 that's natural You're supposed to be like, you're supposed to hate this, and then and then like six to eight weeks later, you can't start getting the bug like of like yeah. start. It's like it's like if you spend all your time building Legos, yeah. And you built this thing. Yeah, and at yeah. the very end, it just fell apart into a million pieces, which is what happens when the festival's <laughs> right, over. Right, 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 right. And you're like, fuck, I'm never going to build that shit ever again. <laughs> I'm never going to do it. And then you see the pile sitting there, yeah. like, and you just start piecing a couple pieces right. together and then you get the bug. And the next thing you know, like you've put your 10 months into yeah. it again. And you're like, I'm
1: never going to do this shit again, again. Yeah. And then you'll do it again. It's like a page from it's, from the struggling musicians, like, <laughs> book to learn from something like that. Like, when yeah. you sell gear and you're like, a year later, you wish you didn't sell it. Yeah. You know, or you sell your Legos because right. you're never going to build another Lego sure. contraption yeah. again. And then you're like, damn, where's my Legos at? See, you know?
0: now you understand hoarders. Yeah, yeah. Because they just never want to have that feeling. Plain safe. Scared to death of Plain that feeling. Plain is safe. So, well, I might need this. I appreciate you coming in, dude. I Just you, a lot of man. fun. And uh, <laughs> we'll, let, uh, we'll let you know. And we're going to put this out in the world. Why not? I know we're going to. I think we're going to. Not tomorrow. Not like Not we were tomorrow. talking about though, but soon.
1: See, you're gonna leave us. i hate doing podcasts i hate
0: doing never want to do it again one months <laughs> see what i am right <laughs> now i'm the 40 year old dude who uh does <laughs> spreadsheets for a living and calls myself part of the music business i've got a microphone now yeah. oh, and i'm man. like getting the like i've been i've been wanting to do what you guys have been doing on stage for the 15 years i've been doing this so really? i get, no I, I i'm just oh, saying right. like it's <laughs> right. just natural right yeah, yeah, and, yeah, then yeah. you work in the business and whatever it is that you're doing you're like man i wish i was the lead singer of that blah 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 and, This is me being the lead singer, or at least I'm I'm the rhythm guitarist. You were the lead singer today. We're singing that that song together, Nick. It was a duet. It was a duet. I love you, man. Love you too. Appreciate it. Yeah. Hell yeah, we did it. Episode one in the bag. Uh, Special thanks to Jose Moore for spending time with us and telling his story. Thanks to Tyler Floyd. Our producer. Thanks, Tyler. Appreciate you, man. You can find us on the interwebs. Uh, we're on social media at HereForNowPod. Uh, you can email us herefornowpod at com, And uh, you can go to our website, herefornowpodcast.com. Find out all the different ways you can subscribe and listen to what we're doing here. Episode two is going to be great with Detroit Party marching band's Lauren Roberts. So until then... Thanks for tuning in. Take care, y'all.